Hello, Saints. Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. Uh, And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing uh, happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom he died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not, in Jesus' name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. Certainly, we must hear from God more than He needs to hear from us. Of course, the Lord invites us, we have on record over and over repeatedly in the Scriptures, that we are to go to God in prayer. And yet, we are finite he is infinite he's perfect we're imperfect to say it lightly and so we depend on him he god is the only self-existent being in the world or in the universe he's the only one that exists we we are dependent upon him every breath we breathe is from the almighty our maker and notice that the primary way that God speaks to his people and that we hear from God is through the written word of God. That's why he gave us painstakingly the Bible, the Holy Scriptures. In fact, it says uh, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for correction, for reproof, and for instruction in righteousness. You know, I want to talk about a recent conversation I had with a gentleman who uh, insisted that I prove the statement that I often make and still stand on unless it can be uh, refuted to this point in my heart and mind through the scriptures and a thorough thorough study of them. I am not convinced that this gentleman is is, uh, being accurate when he questions whether or not uh, if one If a person who has been saved is not in the Word of God daily, this is a statement I often make, and if you haven't noticed by now, part of my ministry is to jolt people, to send a lightning bolt out there. Now, there are many who will not endure sound doctrine, and so it runs them off, but the seed is still sown. And the statement I make is, Uh, which I will give you here in a minute as I began to give you, is what this man is challenging, and that's whether or not it is true that if a person who has been saved is not in the Word of God every day, that person is already backslidden. Is that true or false? Let me read you his words, beloved. He said this, Please provide Scripture. To support your statement that, quote, if you aren't in the word daily, you are backslidden and not ready to meet Jesus, unquote. He continues, he says, I am a follower of Jesus Christ and have extensively studied the word 
please provide specific scripture that says if you don't read the Bible every day, you are backslidden and not ready to meet Jesus, unquote. Let's talk about it, saints. My reply to this man concerning whether or not someone is backslidden, if they're not in the word daily, uh, included the word daily, the word daily, because that's what's in question here. Notice the word daily appears seven times in the Gospels, directly spoken by or uh, speaking of our Lord Jesus. In the four Gospels, the word daily appears. In fact, Jesus said, uh, he that will follow me, that means what he's getting ready to say, clearly reveals whether or not someone is truly following him on his terms or not. He said, if any man will follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily. Notice Jesus quantified that it's daily uh, and let him follow me. Take up his cross. That involves taking up, denying yourself, taking up your cross and following him. And he put the word daily in it. In fact, we see also in Psalm Psalms chapter 55 that the psalmist, the man after God's own heart, David, said evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. Now, let's talk about the time frame that David is using here uh, when he speaks of notice specifically. and We must take this literally wherever we can in the Bible, evening and morning and at noon. What, what does that speak of? Each and every day, daily, uh, is made up of uh, morning, noon, and night, or evening, right? And so evening, this man after God's own heart, our, one of our greatest examples in Scripture, uh, sought the Lord morning, noon, and night. But somebody might say, wait a minute, that doesn't say he read the Bible. Well, I believe he definitely included, incorporated the reading of Scripture. He, they had at least the books of Moses at that time in print. And, uh, you know, what better way is there to relate to hear from God other than, than to hear directly from him out of his own mouth. Remember, holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. In fact, uh, and that's how we got the Holy Scriptures, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 19 through 21. And if you read that chapter, Second Peter 1, you're going to find that uh, God authenticates his written word, which he's lifted or magnified above his own name, Psalm 138.2. Uh, as the most divinely authenticated uh, record of God or vehicle by which God speaks to his people. That's the primary way that God speaks to his people is through the Holy Scripture. Remember, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for correction, for reproof and instruction in righteousness. Also, Psalm 33:11 tells us uh, that the very thoughts of his heart have been communicated 
through his counsel, which is his word. That that is absolutely amazing. That's Psalm chapter 33 and verse 11. The thoughts of his heart has been communicated through his counsel, his written word, which first John calls the record of God, the record of his son. That's the record. It's recorded in the word of God. Isn't that a blessing? And that's why Isaiah says that we are to seal his law among his disciples. Isaiah chapter 8, bind up the testimonies, seal the law among my disciples. Okay, and while we're at it, verse 20 here in Isaiah, to the law and to the testimony, that's the written word, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. So this fellow's taking me to task because there's no scripture that says, quote, you're backslidden if you are not in the word every day. I believe that is a clear a truth uh, that we can deduce and we're going to talk about that today in this message, that we can deduce through the whole of Scripture clearly. Uh, in fact, in uh, Acts 17, 10, and 11, uh, the Berean believers, quote, searched the Scriptures daily. I believe, and this is my conviction, uh, you're welcome to email me at info at safeguardyoursoul.com if you disagree, that... Uh, that you are backslidden if you're not in the Word of God. And we're going to talk about that more and develop that and dig into it a little bit. I believe personally that you're lukewarm at best, which means you're going to be spewed out of his mouth. Uh, and the Lord Jesus is basically a hobby to you if you don't seek him daily. I mean, think about whether or not, let's say you're engaged to somebody or married, and they once in a while get around to attending to you. <laughs> Are they really in love with you? <laughs> I think something's wrong in that relationship, personally. I mean, I believe if you're in love, if Jesus is your first love, you're consumed with him, okay? You ever been in love with a woman, gentleman? You can't think of anything else, okay? Uh, ladies, you ever been in love with a man? You may be even now that he consumes your thoughts, Okay? It's not a once every other day or once a week issue. It's a consumption. And that in, in that case, it's a good consumption, uh, basically in general, because God created men and women to be attracted to each other. He created them male and female. There's only two gen genders, the book of Genesis. Uh, so can something be biblically true, even though not stated specifically in Scripture? Well, I believe that's the case, yes. Are there things that we can conclude from Scripture that the Bible doesn't expressly state? Uh, let's talk about it. Though never expressly stated, we know we can deduce as an example here that Cain and Abel were obviously taught by God via their parents uh, what sacrifice God required of them and that they offer. Genesis chapter 4. Again, Scripture does not tell us that. And yet, otherwise, how could the Lord have held Cain and Abel 
accountable, which he did hold them accountable for what sacrifice they offered to him. You remember Cain's sacrifice was rejected, but Abel's was accepted. So obviously they had to have knowledge of what sacrifice God required. Otherwise God would not have been just. And we know he's always just to judge one of them for not offering the correct sacrifice and reward the other Abel in this case for, uh, Offering the correct sacrifice, which had to do with blood atonement, prophetic of Christ coming and shedding his blood on the cross. Abel offered uh, the, the, he actually offered something of an animal where the, the blood had to be shed. Okay. And Cain offered a, a sacrifice of the ground, agricultural. The ground was already cursed because the fall happened in chapter three of Genesis And so God did not accept Cain's sacrifice. And again, there is no record specifically and expressly where it says that Adam and Eve uh, and or Cain and Abel were told by God what sacrifice he required. But we know it must have been that God communicated that to Adam and Eve, most likely. Okay. In fact, that's how he... Uh, justified them after they put on a fig leaf. God shed the blood of an animal and covered them with with uh, animal skins. Chapter 3 and 4 there of Genesis we're talking about. Notice Isaiah 8.20. To the law and to the testimony. In other words, concerning the law, the written word of God, and the testimony. Those are two words interchangeable. If you read Psalm 119, the longest chapter in the Bible, there are many different words used uh of the written word of God, the judgments of God, the statutes of God, the precepts of God, the law of God, the testimonies of the Lord. And so here in Isaiah 8.20, the law to the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. This is a discernment nugget and truth we should get familiar with if they speak not according to this word okay even though they people don't necessarily quote scripture which we should uh but if they say something that's according to the word then we should agree with them and they should agree with us in the matter god's word tells us here that if someone doesn't speak, quote, according to this word, according to the word of God, it is because there is no light in them. So this reveals to us that what a person says has to be judged by the accuracy or the errancy of what they state. And whether or not it be verbatim scripture or not. In other words, we must uh, ask the question, is it biblically accurate what they said? Is it biblically accurate that you're backslidden if you're not in the word every day? Okay, that that's the question here. And uh, we're talking about David, the psalmist, who evening and morning and at noon, he prayed and cried aloud daily. Okay, our fellowship with the Lord uh, has to do with, and David 
uh, spoke a lot about the word. I mean, I don't know exactly who wrote Psalm 119. There were a handful of authors uh, whose psalms were uh, compiled, in divine, all divinely inspired, uh, into the book of Psalms. But if David did write, if he did pen, <laughs> and he was a man of God, so we know he was a man of the word of God. There's no such thing as a man of God is not a man of the word of God. And uh, like I said, we're going to unpack this a little bit here. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible, and it has one topic in every verse. Uh, it is the written word of God. This same <clears throat> man after God's own heart tells us that he sought the Lord daily by saying that evening and morning, not only daily, three times a day, right? <laughs> uh, I would say that's daily times three. <laughs> so uh, beloved David is the only man we find in the record of Holy Writ, whom the Lord said is, quote, a man after mine own heart, who or which shall fulfill all my will, Acts thirteen twenty two. What a blessing. Isn't David a great example to us? Saints, notice he's a man after the heart of God, which shall fulfill all my will. Now, this isn't our main subject, but, you know, God can only cause those to fulfill his will who are men and women after his heart. He is their first love. They are consumed with him. Anybody uh, who does not have Jesus, even though they have a lot of the form of godliness and even good spiritual things in their life, uh, like the Ephesians, Revelation 2, beginning in verse 1, where Jesus addresses the Ephesians, and he says to the these believers that they were able to discern false apostles. He, re, he actually commended them for that. But he said, then he said, but I have somewhat against thee, against you because you have left your first love. Now I'm calling you to repent, he uses that word, and do the first works. Now if Jesus is telling them to repent, they were fallen from grace. Okay, and repentance is an absolute necessity. Except you repent, you shall also likewise perish. Luke 13, 3, Jesus said. Somebody says, uh, how dare you say they... They were fallen from grace. Well, why would the Son of God, if he didn't think they had fallen from grace or know they had fallen from grace, why would he tell them to return to the Lord in repentance? <laughs> Simply, he would not. So as we just read here in Acts 13, 22, they are actually Psalm 55, 17. David actually sought the Lord evening and morning and at noon, quote unquote. It is a fact that each and every person that is listening to this message uh, serves self daily. We all serve self daily. So if we serve self daily, I mean, we get up and brush our teeth and eat and dress and comb our hair. We sleep, we're serving and tending to self. And yet we aren't seeking the face of the Lord daily as we do tend to self daily. That's a fact. What does that reveal? Does, does that reveal that Jesus is our first love or is he a mere hobby? I'm, I'm going to leave that open as a rhetorical 
question. Notice Joshua 1.8. Again, we're exploring the uh, whether or not it's true that a person is already backslidden. If they don't, they're not in the word of God every day. Notice Joshua 1.8. This book of the law, that's the written word of God, the Bible. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. You know, I posted this scripture recently on social media. By the way, the only reason why we're on social media, and boy, we're so thankful for the beautiful saints all over the world we have met as a result, uh, is to put the word of God out there. Amen. At this point, we're on Getter, G-E-T-T-R dot com. You can look up Safeguard Your Soul on there or my name, Todd Tomasella. Uh, all day, every day and night, we're, uh, we are flooding the social media airwaves, if you will, with the word of God. Okay. We minister locally. Uh, we mail scripture, rich books to in Bibles to incarcerated people. We also flood the airwaves, uh, with MP3s podcast, uh, the written word of God all over every day. And, uh, this book of the law, I I put this one out there a couple of days ago and somebody said, I love that verse. That's one of the first Bible verses I ever memorized. Amen. What a blessing. And I've memorized that one too. And I tell you, it'll change your life when you start, you know, you really don't own scripture till you start memorizing it. And anybody who memorizes scripture can relate to that. Amen. Your understanding will uh, be much greater uh, because you're taking God seriously when you take God's word and memorize it. Amen. When you serve God daily, you're showing him that you are serious about loving and seeking and adoring and worshiping him. Amen. Otherwise, you're a casual seeker and God's not available to casual seekers. And maybe we'll talk about that a little bit here in a minute. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein. Watch this. Day and night. So is it accurate to say you've already backslidden? You're not in the perfect will of God or you're not in the will of God. If you're not devouring his words every day. Yes, I believe so. Notice day and night. Okay, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt do what? Meditate therein day and night. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Anybody teaching success? Boy, a whole lot of people are, aren't they? That's not rooting it in the word of God, speaking it, meditating upon it constantly day and night. And so that you can observe to do according to all that is written there is absolutely a wolf. They are using a word that is in God's word, but they're detaching it from being rooted and grounded in Christ and in the word as you follow him. There's no better way to hear from Christ than to read the Holy Scriptures, period. Never has been, never will be. And again, notice, day and night. That has to do with the 24-hour period. I know that all of us, after being saved, have had days that we weren't in the Word of God. Okay? Uh, that means we were being 
sifted. We were being uh, depriving ourselves of the divine nutrients of the Word of God, and like the foolish virgin believers, and we're growing weak. If you don't eat physical food, you grow weak. Okay, the foolish virgins who were shut out of the eternal kingdom of Christ uh, grew weak. They grew faint. Their light was no longer lighting the path, the narrow way which leads to life uh, in this dark, fallen world. Okay, and they, they ran out of heaven's virtue because they chose not to fellowship with the great bridegroom that they were previously engaged or espoused to. And uh, they were shut out of the eternal kingdom, Matthew 25, 1 through 13. I cannot tell you, saints, how important it is to be in God's word. And if you miss one day, it just makes it that much easier to miss another day. I, I don't get it personally that somebody gets saved and then they taste the good word of God as Hebrews talks about. And they taste and see that the Lord is good in his salvation and the revelation of his written word and the Holy Spirit working in you to reveal God and his will to you. And you're teeming with that great joy, that grace, that resurrection blessedness every day. And then you just get out of it. You start, you know, waning. I, I don't understand it. Don't you miss the blessings? The Bible says, forget not all his benefits and that he daily loads us with benefits. Wow. And you're just going to drift away from that? Wow. Let me tell you, that person is backslidden. We need to fight the good fight of faith. Fight. You're in a fight, and it's for your eternal soul. That one day you miss is what leads to you missing two days, three days, and on, and falling away. You cannot be sustained in a life with Christ without feeding on Christ, on the bread of life, which there's no greater way to do that than the Word, eating the Word of God. That's your bread. Give us this day, there it is again, quantified our daily bread jesus again matthew 6 11 quantified specifically he didn't say give us this week or this month <laughs> our weekly or monthly bread he says give us this day notice this day today this 24-hour period our here it is again day nail in the coffin our daily, not weekly or monthly, bread, okay? Jesus says to those he has saved that we must abide, that is to continue and remain richly, that is, in fellowship with him, John 15. We must abide in and with him to the end. Are we going to be cast into the fire, Argue with the Son of God if you want. I'm not going to join you. John 15, 6. And how are you going to sustain a life with God without letting him speak to you through his word every day? Not going to happen. Okay. Would you like to explain how that's possible? That is to abide in Christ without God's word, without the divine fuel of God's word. Now, listen to this. 
Matthew 4, 4, it's on record. Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live. That means to have life with God, eternal life. Man shall not live, have life by bread alone, physical food, but by every word, there it is, by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And where do we find those words that proceeded out of the mouth of God? A lot of folks, a lot of flakes in this so-called prophetic movement. They're looking for a word. Well, we've got the word from Genesis to Revelation. And if you're not being grounded in sound doctrine from Genesis to Revelation, you've already fallen away. You're completely deceived. You don't love the truth. And you're willingly deceived and going to be ultimately damned second Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 9 through 12 because you don't have the love of the truth in you you don't receive the love of the truth which comes from eating the bread the word of God every day so that you're nourished up in the words of eternal life first Timothy chapter 4 verse 6 quote unquote nourished up in the words of eternal life. So the people who occasionally balk at such a statement as this fellow we're talking about did when I stated that if you're not in the word of God every day, you are already backslidden. They seem to me to prove uh, that perhaps they're defending their own rebellion. Okay. They don't like somebody to state something like that. So straight. Okay, why? Because it's convicting them. Probably a once saved, always saved guy. You know, the eternal security doctrine of cowards. Okay, that want to believe that because they had one moment of faith with Christ and were truly born again, that they have no further need or obligation to follow Christ. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible speaks of initial and final salvation. Jesus said to those that were his that you must endure to the end to be saved. Matthew 10, 22 and 24, 13, etc. The apostles repeatedly taught the same necessity to continue in the faith, rooted and grounded and built up in him. Colossians 1, 22 and 23, etc. Okay. Bible says to work out your salvation. Now you're not working for it, but you got to walk it out. Work out. It takes two to tango. God requires that you participate in a personal relationship and abiding fellowship with him, or you're going to be thrown into the fire. John 15, six. How can that be misunderstood? Only by those who do not want to endure sound doctrine because they refuse to truly repent and lay down their lives in this fleeting world. That's how, why you have a question. And perhaps the reason why this fella is trying to take me to task for daring to say, if you're not in the word daily, you've already backslidden and you're not ready to meet Christ. I stand on that truth. Now, again, brothers in Christ, if I've missed something, then please email me info at safeguardyoursoul.com. And let's talk about it. So it seems to me, as I begin to say, that those who get upset 
that I would come out and make such a statement. Uh, instead of repenting, uh, they balk. And it seems that perhaps they're defending their own rebellion. Perhaps conviction is happening in their hearts. You know, it's funny. Yesterday, I had a guy tell me, man, I got to admit, I have not been in the word every day. I said, that's a blessing, brother, that you are so honest before God. That's what God can work with. Jesus said out of a good and honest heart, you see, uh, the fourth of the four types of soil is going to bear fruit unto everlasting life. Man, teachability, humility, just saying, Lord, you, man, I'm, I'm, I'm dead wrong. I mean, we, who do we think we are that we could hide something from God anyway? <laughs> you see, the humble disciple that's wayfaring and desires to know and love and seek and fellowship with Jesus now and forever is going to be teachable every time, humble, pliable. Amen. Lord, let it be in each of our hearts. Give us a heart of flesh and take away the stony places of our hearts that have been caused by our own sin and rebellion. And wash us afresh, O God. Tenderize our hearts and unite our hearts to fear thy name. We pray with David in Jesus' name. Amen. So anyone who can get up daily and feed their face natural, natural food, fill their mind with the world's news, work, and everything else, and not desire and devour God's word? In my opinion, that, that person is clearly lukewarm at best and ready to be spewed or rejected from Christ's body as he promised to do. Now, let me just say this in case you haven't noticed. This ministry is speaking directly and primarily to the remnant of Christ's elect. Okay, and that's the people who are going to be with him. And that's the people who demonstrate that they love God above all else. And uh, they want to be ready when, he, when Jesus comes. They want to be with him now and forever. And they don't make excuses. No, they drop down to their knees, if you will, and just say, Lord, forgive me. Change my life. They go before the throne of grace to obtain that fresh mercy. That's provided through the blood of Jesus Christ and grace, divine influence on their hearts, uh, divine enablement to, to help them in time of need. Okay, they don't try to hold up this religious front that they're sinlessly perfect with all this other stupid, self-righteous foolishness. They go to church every week. Man, people that are authentic with God are sick and tired of that plastic foolishness. They don't live like that. They endure sound doctrine, Second Timothy 4.3. Okay, and many, it says, will not endure sound doctrine. Okay, see, the harshest of biblical truth is the delicacy, the delight of the true disciple of Jesus. Amen. He says, bring it on, Jesus. I'm dead wrong, Lord. He doesn't get all self-righteous in his religious pride. He just says, I did it. It's sin, or I didn't do it, which I should have done to, to obey God. Omission and commission. They drop down to their knees in repentance and humility when God corrects them. And whom the Lord loves, he corrects. I don't know about you. I'm regularly reminded <laughs> on a personal level how much God loves me. 
How, brother? Because he rebukes me and corrects this fool on a regular basis. Aren't you glad your daddy loves you? When you got a red hiney, okay, you know daddy loves you. Okay, growing up, when your daddy spanked you, you knew he loved you. When you went in your room and cried, and you felt cleansed, didn't you, on the inside? Maybe we can understand that a little bit better now that we're grown up. I can tell you my dad loved me. <laughs> it wasn't a spanking. It was a beating, okay, from a big, strong, muscular Italian man that had no mercy on you, <laughs> violating his rules and regulations and doing what's wrong. I think that's kind of what helped my brother and I in the Marine Corps when we, we went in out of high school. <laughs> my dad was so militant. He loved me. And many of you listening to me, you had a daddy that loved you. Okay? The Bible says rebellion is bound. It's trapped. It's caught in, in, it's trapped in the heart of a child. But what drives it far from him? The rod of correction. What? Not timeouts and, oh, well, let's talk about, no, this time not to talk about something. This time to attach pain to wrongdoing so your child learns do not stick your hand in that fire ever again figuratively speaking i believe that's proverbs 29:15 so the true authentic disciple cries out for jesus to strip him of every self-righteous religious plastic way that's still in him every trace of it he is confronted with the truth. He delights in the, the harshest truth of the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. He embraces the cross. He declares that he's crucified with Christ. He never tries to evade it. He delights in the sword of the spirit that cuts to the core and carves the image of, of Christ into his life, the crucified image, into the fabric, the very innermost core of who he is in Christ. Christ and Christ alone is his sole identity. And the authentic disciple counts not his life, his own life dear unto himself in this fleeting world, that he might finish his course with joy, like Paul said, Acts twenty twenty four, Jesus saved us, Romans eight twenty nine, uh, to conform us to the image of Christ. Amen, saints. Praise the Lord for that. Okay, so again, Jesus said that we're to pray when we do. Uh, give us this day our daily bread. Daily. Notice this day. And daily bread. Now, is that quantifying it down to the a time frame of every day? Of course it is. Okay, so this is not even questionable. As we go through Scripture, we see you're either serving God daily or you're not serving him at all because you're doing things on your own terms, not his terms. Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, you must do it daily. Okay, simple. You're questioning that and trying to wiggle out of that and stuff. Man, something's wrong in your heart. Repent. Come before the Lord and let him wash you afresh, beloved. Okay, that's when we receive refreshing, when we repent. Acts 3, 19. Well, brother, you have to repent all the time. Have those come to Jesus meetings 
What a blessing. Amen. How do we suppose that spiritual bread, that is the word of God, is received, taken in, ingested, okay, other than by reading the word of God? Think about that. That's how we get the feeding of the Lord. Uh, Job said, I have esteemed the words of thy mouth more than my necessary food. That's a man of God. He counted the words of God more than more important than his physical food to sustain his physical body. Why? Because he knew that his spirit man, if you will, his heart, his relationship with Christ was more important than his physical body. So he fed his spirit with the word of God every day. First Peter two, verse two, as newborn babes desire the sincere, the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Notice that. That's First Peter 2, 2, a memory verse. What happens if you're not feeding your spirit the word of God and growing thereby? That's how you grow, by the way, is by learning, ingesting the word of God. You get stronger more powerfully used of God, full of the word of God, which is the authority of God. Okay, what happens conversely if you're not devouring and desiring the word of God daily? Uh, You're not growing thereby. You're falling away. You're growing weak and faint and uh, close to being rejected, stumbling, departing from the faith. Don't kid yourself. Jesus said, man shall not live or have life with him by bread alone, physical bread, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Fervency, saints, fervency. The Bible talks about being fervent and vigilant, right? I think it would be good to look up that word fervent. It actually appears seven times in the word of God, okay? And uh, let's see, that's all in the New Testament. Fervent prayer, James 5, 16. Fervent charity, 1 Peter 4, 8. Okay, fervent mind, 2 Corinthians 7, 7. Not slothful in spirit, fervent, wow, in spirit. Serving the Lord, fervent in spirit. That actually means maintaining zeal to the boiling point. Uh, and one more. I did them backwards chronologically, or the way the books are in the canon. Uh, Acts 18.25, this man named Apollos. What an incredible. Steve, Brother Stephen and I had a fellowship on this Acts 18 passage recently over coffee. I mean, we got lost in this thing about this man named Apollos who was taught the way of the Lord more perfectly by uh, Aquila and Priscilla, a blessed married couple. Okay, so he was fervent in spirit. He was fervent in spirit. Another thing it says there in that passage is, is that he was mighty in the scriptures. Don't you love it? Amen. Acts 18, man. Starting in verse 24, just a few verses. He was eloquent, mighty in the scriptures. And he was fervent in spirit. Don't you want to be fervent in spirit? 
Maybe that's where we get the term on fire for Jesus. That's a good term, amen? And how's that going to happen, beloved, if you're not in the Word of God? Fueling that fervency. That's how that fervency is fueled. How many people want to have a merry heart? A merry heart. According to Proverbs 15, 15, which says, He that is of a merry heart has a continual feast. I don't know about you. I'm tired of the intermittency in my life. I want a continual feast. Wow, what? First time I read that, I was like, wow, that must mean God wants us to have and that we can have. A, notice a continual feast. He's talking about a f- spiritual continual feast. Well, brother, you don't understand. I've been through a lot. I'm going through something now. It doesn't, well, understand that, by the way, but continual feast is also right there. You never needed it more than when you're going through a hard time. Okay, that doesn't stop God. In fact, that you need it more than ever. And how's that going to happen other than feeding on the Word of God, neutrifying your spirit with a divine uh, food of the Word of God, which the Scriptures use as an illustration. We just talked about 1 Peter 2, 2. He says, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. In uh, Hebrews chapter 5, the writer of Hebrews, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says strong meat, that spiritual meat, belongs to who? Them that are of full age even those who by reason of use, they're in it daily and diligently, devouring it, amen, by reason of use. Now that right there will preach, all you young brothers in Christ that are preachers called to be. Okay, uh, by reason of use, have their senses exercised, even their senses, to discern both good and evil. Have you ever noticed, now you ladies are better than that, equipped by God, I think, with more sensitivity. You just pick up on stuff, man. You don't even know somebody. You meet them and you go, something ain't right. You see, and that's how it happens here. When The more you're in the Word of God, the more your, your sense, even your senses are exercised to discern both good and evil. To discern, okay? Your senses become more discerned. And it's by ingesting the meat of the Word of God. On a continual basis. How is any follower of Jesus ever going to have a heart filled, full of his perpetual divine joy if that disciple isn't filling his heart and mind with God's word daily? Not going to happen, folks. Uh, Again, I am done I'm done with intermittency. I want a continual feast. And God wants you to have a continual feast. And I encourage you to memorize, as usual, using the King James Bible. Uh, Proverbs 15, 15. He did as of a merry heart has a continual feast. How do you keep that merriment, that joy in your heart? By fueling it, filling it with the word of God every day you take god seriously he's going to bless you seriously okay 
You treat him like he's first place in your life, which he must be, or you're an idolater. He must be your first love. I mean, ladies, if you're engaged to a guy and you're paying more attention to somebody else, what do you think that guy's going to think about you? Is he going to go through with the wedding? Not if he's the same man. If he's a man with a good, I mean, you know, you think the bridegroom of heaven, the son of God who knows everything, is going to receive into the bridal chamber of heaven, of the new Jerusalem, somebody whose heart isn't panting after him? Not going to happen. And that's what you got with the five foolish virgins. Listen, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. God sees the innermost part of our hearts, all the way down to the motive and intent. That's what the scriptures tell us. Nothing is hidden from him. Hebrews 4, verse 12 and 13. And the word of God goes down and cuts. Remember that? Hebrews 4, 12 and 13. Check this out. The, the word of God is quick. It's alive. It's living forever. Amen. For the word of God is quick and powerful. Amen. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. What does it do? Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest. In other words, openly manifested and seen in his sight. But all things are naked and opened under the eyes of him with whom we have to do. So, you know, here's another point about being in God's word daily. It's, it's circumcising our hearts every day. It's cutting away the fat, getting rid of the, the, the uh, disingenuous, all of the self-righteousness and things that don't belong. The foolishness, Jesus said, is a sin, comes from the heart. Mark 7, 20 through 23, you see the heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart and only the word of God can uh, cut asunder and circumcise cut away the things that don't belong in our lives and how is that going to actually happen if we're not getting some sword of the spirit that's the word of God uh, action in our hearts every day through devouring the word of God Bible says taste and see that the Lord is good And when you start to taste the good word of God and you start to see what God is doing in your life through fellowship and with him and his word, uh, I hope you get addicted. I believe that should be the proper response to where you read You desire God every day. And listen, again, every day when you're married, do you have chill bumps about how wonderful your husband or wife is? Probably not, but you still love them. Amen. You made a commitment. And love is not a feeling. Okay? You're going to be charitable. You're going to live it. Okay? And you you uh, you sought the Lord, and he saved you, beloved. And uh, you must militantly get up every day and get in the Word. Period. You don't live by feelings. You live by faith. You live by truth. Amen. That's why we need the cross, that daily cross, a crucified life. 
as we get into God's word and we stay in it every day without exception, that means we wake up and seek his holy face every morning. We're going to live by the truth and never a feeling. We are crucified with Christ. Notice when the Apostle Paul went to a town called Berea. We have a fantastic passage here, two verses in Acts 17, 11, that uh, they took him to task and weighed out what he said. They, how did they do that? They searched the scriptures daily. There it is, daily. Okay, that's what true disciples do. They're in the word daily. God's not a little hobby to them. He's everything to them. Amen. If he's not everything to you on the authority of God's word, you're backslidden and need to repent now. He's not your first love. You have to repent. Revelation 2, 4, and 5. Even if you got other things that you, you're like discerning false apostles, like the Ephesians did, you're backslid, dude. Okay. You're not counting God's word important because you don't count God important. If God was important to you, you, you would count his word important to you. Listen to what the psalmist said. Read Psalm 119, by the way. Again, that's what we referred to earlier. It's the longest chapter in the Bible, and the one central topic, subject of it, is the written word of God. Notice verse 72, Psalm 119, right in the middle of the Bible. The law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. Hallelujah. He counted the Some people are so intent upon lusting after gold and silver. That's the riches of this fleeting world. That they couldn't say this. See? These are our greedy idolaters. They're as sure for hell as if they were already there. Um, a covetous man, I, uh, Ephesians 5, I believe, verse 6. A covetous man who is an idolater has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ. Well, brother, you said they're going to hell. I sure did, because that's what the word of God says over and over, by the way. Huh, I just quoted it to you out of Ephesians 5. A covetous man. He's not content in Christ. He's coveting the things of this world. Thou shalt not covet the 10th commandment. Who is an idolater? He is an idolater. Jesus is not first. He is first. Self, not the Savior. That's a hell-bound, w- wicked sinner. A covetous man who is an idolater has no inherit, no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ. Boom, case closed. So the psalmist says the law, the word of God, of thy mouth, it's all on record in the word, the Bible, uh, is better, notice that, is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. Now, what do you count more important? The word of God or the riches of this world? It's clearly seen in what you pursue every day. Clearly. Okay. You must search the scriptures daily. Jesus said, search the scriptures for they are they which testify of me okay so as we close beloved let me read a few verses out of proverbs chapter 4 listen to this hear ye children the instruction of a father and intent attend to no understanding for i give you good doctrine there it is the word of god forsake ye not my law the word for i was my father's son, 
tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also, and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words. Now, how are you going to be retaining the word of God if you're not constantly in it? Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not. Where do they come from? They come from the word of God, which is the main topic, subject of this passage. You seeking wisdom? Well, devour the word of God. It is the fountain of divine wisdom. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, love the word of God, the words of his mouth, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Now notice how he intertwines wisdom and the word of God, because that's what the word of God is. It's the wisdom of God. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace. A crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Here, notice, that's how you run the race to the end, and you crown like the wise virgins who were immediately received into the bridal chamber of eternity. Ah, amen. A crown of glory that speaks of eternity with Christ. Shall she deliver to thee? Wow. Verse 10, Proverbs 4. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in the right paths. When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened. And when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Notice all the benefits of being full of the word, the wisdom of God. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. What instruction? The word of God in this context. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. Amen. Jesus said, man shall not live, have life, by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So he's repeating himself as he does throughout Scripture, okay, on the doctrines uh, of the Lord. They're repeated throughout Scripture. They're line upon line, precept upon precept. They're found throughout Scripture. Verse 14, enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it. Turn from it and pass away. For they sleep not except they have done mischief. And their sleep is taken away unless they cause some to fall. You know, as we read this, I'm reminded of all these young kids I see on like YouTube. Uh, there'll be like news clips i don't watch the news but i'll watch little 30 minute a 30 second or two minute segments where these young kids obviously weren't in the word of god weren't taught correctly weren't trained up in the right ways of the lord as the bible commands parents to do and therefore they got you know one day these other guys one of them to go participate in some crime these guys are in jail for life in some cases for things they did at a young age Wow. Scary, man. Scary. 
because they didn't take fast hold of instruction. They didn't have the word and the wisdom, therefore the wisdom of God in them to avoid that. We just read that about avoiding okay, evil and wickedness and wicked people. Proverbs 4.15. Okay, verse 17, as we come to a close, we're going to read about six or seven more verses. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just, in contrast, but the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day all the way into eternity. Don't you just love that serving God just continues to get sweeter and sweeter and the light gets brighter. Your understanding is greater because you're staying with the Lord. You're enduring to the end. You're seeking and loving Jesus with all your heart. So the path of the just is as a shining light. Don't you love that? You know, Psalm 119, we keep referring back to it, right? I want you to read that whole chapter. You don't have to read it in one day, but piecemeal it, whatever. Get it in you. Okay, verse 105, Psalm 119. Thy word, the word of God, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Also, verse 130. The entrance of thy words giveth light. See, if you don't have the word of God entering you every day, your heart is reverting back to type, to the fallen nature, and darkness is descending rapidly. You ever notice that? Man, you've got to keep the light of the Word of God. You've got to keep shining the divine light into your heart every day. And how do you do that? You read the Bible. Well, brother, I don't always feel it. Dude, you're not a disciple. You love yourself. Now get on your face and go on a fast and repent. You're a counterfeit repent because you're living by whatever your feelings are and not what the word is the truth of god is die the death okay what you are right now is a moral coward you're full of self you have a mere form of godliness but you're denying the power the authority of god to rule in your life because you love yourself you're a filthy wicked, depraved sinner in need of repentance, falling on the mercy of God at the foot of the cross and laying down your life. And by the way, get, get away from all the false teachers who aren't telling you this. Okay, verse 19, the way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. My son, now here, here, listen to this. My son, attend to my words. Amen. Attending to the words of God means devouring them, pouring prayerfully over, reading, meditating upon, studying the word of God every day. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman, a workman. It takes work. It's the most rewarding work ever. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth. Hallelujah. Second Timothy two fifteen. Okay. Proverbs four twenty. My son, attend to my words. Are you attending? Are you giving attendance to the words of God? Incline thine ear unto my sayings. They're recorded in Holy scripture. 
so that you can incline your ear toward him, his words, his instructions, his saying, his sayings, his precepts, his judgments, his commandments, his law, his word. Amen. Verse 21. Let notice this. Let them not let the words of God, let them not depart from thine eyes. Boom. Is it daily? Yeah. Better if it's hourly or all the way through the day, morning, noon, and night, like the psalmist. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Now, how are they going to be kept? How are you going to keep them in the middle of your heart? Because you're going to not let them depart from thine eyes. Verse 21, Proverbs 4. Wow. That right there is explosive. Don't let the word of God depart from your eyes. Flood your eye gates, your soul, your spirit, your your body, your mind. Flood yourself with the word of God. Ingest them. And that's how you keep the pipeline full, if you will. And keep that continual feast we read about earlier in Proverbs fifteen fifteen. Amen. You want to have a merry heart full of the joy of the Lord and a continual feast with Christ? Fill yourself with the word of God. Obey God. Worship God. Seek God. Praise God. Thank God. Amen. You know, it's like in the olden days and still now when we go camping, somebody has got to keep a log on the fire. It's going to go out. Picture that. You're sleeping around a campfire and, uh, You're depending on that fire to keep everybody warm, right? Well, guess what? That fire needs fuel. And your fire needs fuel. Every day, you got to put the logs on the fire. You got to stoke the fire. You got to get the word, the logs flowing into your spirit to fuel you and to fuel that fire of God in you. Amen. For they are life unto those that find them, that is the words of God. Amen. They're life. They're living, Jesus said. Uh, And so did the book of Hebrews. It's living. And 1 Peter, the word of God is living. Isaiah 40, verse 8, the word of God is ever alive, just like he is ever alive. It's always the words of God are different than any other words on the earth. They are inherently energized with divine grace and life. For they are life unto those that find them. How do you find them? You read them. You unearth these precious jewels uh, in the exceeding great and precious promises of the Lord. Second Peter 1. Notice, they're not only life to those that find them, they give you life. They feed and invigorate and nutrify you daily as you ingest the Word of God. And health to all their flesh. Amen. It, 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 even, it even touches your body, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit. When your spirit and your mind are aflame with the goodness of God. Amen. That's how you taste and see that the Lord is good. You ingest his word every day, which he's magnified even above his own name. That is a profound revelation we won't go into yet at this moment. 
Psalm 138.2. Wow. Those who are biblically astute know that God's names are a big thing to God. And when he says that he's magnified something above his own name, his word he lifted above, magnified above his own name, that's profound. That should stop us dead in our tracks. All right. And finally, verse 23, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. So in this context of attending to the words of God, of not letting them depart from your eyes, keeping them in the midst of your heart, what does it mean to keep thy heart with all diligence? Well, you're keeping it full of the word of God. That's the context. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. And uh, in this post, I'm going to include some memes that I believe are you know, some of these memes are meant to encourage and some of them uh, have like a shock value to them with scriptures. And uh, I think those will bless you too. God bless you, saints. And may the Lord uh, cause us to hunger and thirst after his righteousness that we might be filled daily and to have a continual feast and a merry heart fueled by our relationship and fellowship with him including, and at the top of the list, filling and infusing and adjusting the Word of God into our hearts and minds and our spirits every day. Amen. Thank you. Glad we had these moments together. We'll definitely delight to have your prayers. We covet them for greater and greater fruitfulness to reach more people with the Word of God and um, that the Lord work powerfully. Amen. Through his people and the supply for the ministry also. God bless. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, uh, edifying podcast on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with uh, uh, several, many books on there for your uh, edification in Christ. They're all scripture rich and Christ centered. Also tens of thousands uh, of saints and sinners are being reached every month. And uh, your prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit uh, our donate page on the site. And uh, uh, you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon. And you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so. And a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach uh, is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and uh, all over the world. And uh, may God be praised that uh, there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together, in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.